We are talking about application. Everybody say application. Okay, application. Applying God's word or application. You know, when we hear the word application, it depicts different meanings to different people, different categories of people, young and old. Application means different things. So, before we begin to look at my notes, we'd like to, of course, this is Strive, and everybody's, um, everybody's encouraged to um, participate. And again, by virtue of the authority given to us here, if you do not participate, we'll nominate you. This is payback time for some people. Amen. Anyway, so when you hear the word application, what does it mean to you? Who, who wants to help us, please? When you hear the word application, what comes to mind? Any hands, please? Any hands? Application. Application. Come on. I pass you say. Come on, please. When we hear the word application, what comes to mind? It's different, different meanings for different people. Who wants to help? Okay, Pastor Lamide, you want to help? Okay, thank you. Pastor Lamide wants to help. <laughs> Thank you. Let's encourage that. Let's encourage that. Um, application, I'm thinking now to um, um, when, how to modify or use something for, to suit you. Or for a good purpose. Okay. You've heard about something and then how is it going to benefit you personally? In what ways? What you can do to ensure what you've heard benefits you? Thank you. I thought she would give us a lawyer's perspective, but she has been in my notes since then. She's given me my perspective. Thank you so much, Ma. Okay, anybody else? Application. What does application mean to you? Good. Pastor Lamide actually um, nailed my notes, but... We also know that for application for an undergraduate, sorry, an unemployed graduate, application will mean, the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear application will mean that thing you carry around from office to office, knocking from doors to doors and say, please, can I get a job? Uh, for the beautiful ladies, you know, in God's house, when, you know, you are giving a foundation powder to cover some acne spots, <laughs> application will mean <laughs> something else with your blushing brush, you know. So it actually means different things to, to different um, people. For, for the gamers or the people who are tech savvy, application will mean that, that, um, that software on your device that helps you get things done in a fluid manner. And as Pastor Lamide puts it, and as she says rightly, like one of the points in my notes actually, something you will use to your advantage for a particular purpose is an application. You know, and I, I went and I did some um, definitions from the, the, the web. It says that application is putting something into operation. The act of putting to special use or a purpose. 
to special use or a purpose. Application also means a sustained effort, a hard work towards a particular goal. You know, application also is, like we talked about, a program, special program designed or software designed or written to fulfill a particular purpose for the user. That's an application. So question number two, well, we're, we're started already, oh, you're not waiting. So these margins are for you to put down your ideas or your notes. You need to apply yourself to these pages and you will find out why as we go along. Okay, so what has struck you the most? And this is a question I believe anybody here should be able to answer as long as you've been coming to God's Will House. Okay, before we go ahead, if you're here for the first time in God's Will House, can you just signify by raising your hand? If this is your first time here in God's Will House, beautiful. So everyone here is a member of God's Will House. That makes it more interesting. So what has struck you the most in this season or in the past regarding the principles we are being taught? We've been taught a lot of principles. If you've been here for six, going to seven years, if you're here for four years, for five years, you have always come or you would have come at a time where a particular principle must have been taught. So in your lifespan, in God's life, even if you are two weeks old, you came at a very interesting time. Wonderful principles have been taught. What, which of these principles from inception or from joining two weeks ago or from last week, which of them resonates the most with you? Which one stands out the most for you, for you? Who wants to go? Okay, there's a hand at the back there, please. Any other hand? So we'll take it, you know, uniformly. Yeah, one hand at the back. One hand at the back, please. Any other hand? So we'll just take them. There's another hand there, two. Okay. Any other one? Okay, we'll take those two. Go ahead, sir. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Uh, the part that really struck me the most was last week. Uh, last week's teachings about... Uh, children of being their mother, their parents, and also uh, the place of uh, honor. When you get to a certain stage, uh, you don't have to obey everything your, your parents uh, told you to do. The, you, you have to uh, take, they have to see you as, uh, as an adult, uh, which is a place of consultancy. Right? They, they see, as in, how I say, the, they become consultancy. Exactly, exactly. That's and, the way Pastor put it. And, and also the <laughs> When, when they need to know uh, to parent their child and let go of, of being friends with their children or, and take the place of parenting. I actually learn to discern between obeying and, and honoring your parents. Thank you That's very much. Thank me. you. Can we just clap? Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Okay. Number two. The principle I, I think has stood out for me the most in recent times is... Um, principle that we should because we can. So pastor said we should go up because we can. And a lot of times we are waiting for someone to give us permission. We're waiting for someone to allow us do what we know we ought to do. So the only reason I need to do what I ought to do is because I should because I can. I can. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Was someone else with their hand there? Okay. Okay, yeah. Good evening. Good evening. 
the part that struck me the most is in between uh, the wife and the mother, where my pastor said... Sorry, sir, are you married? You mean me? Yes, sir. Still single, sir. Okay, go ahead, go on. <laughs> Don't mind me. So, pastor now said there's no, there's no superiority like saying a wife, um, I have more possession of my husband than the uh, mother. Mm. That there should be equality. There's nothing like I love my, my wife more than my mother. There's no like I, I love my mother more than my wife. Everything should be balanced. Thank you. Amazing. An unmarried man already learning the principles that will help him sort out his marriage from day one. Hallelujah. But it's true because you need to know those things. If I, there are things I know now that if I had known before I got married, probably make my marriage a lot more, you know, fluid. My wife is here and she knows what I mean. Amen. Okay. So, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I mean, from, from all we've been learning in, in God's way, I want to take it a little bit deeper now. What is one principle that you have learned that you are applying now? One principle you have learned. Okay, one hand. Who else wants to go? So we'll take them all together. Two, three. Oh, so many hands. Okay, let's take three at a time. So I have two other people booked for next question. Three hands. One, two, three. Let's go, please. One principle you've learned that you are applying right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. According to scriptures, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. I was, I was once darkness, but mm. now I'm a child of light. Mm. Thank you, sir. So, wherever I am, I must make sure I shine as light. And I'm doing that because I am light and okay. not darkness. Okay. No, but the question now is that, can you give us a scenario where you did shine as light today, today, or yesterday? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Actually, I have a family. Okay. When I woke up this morning, I had to um, conduct a prayer time. And I have to speak to them the word. Thank you. That they must shine as they go out. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, number two. What's number two? Number two was away. Okay. Go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've learned to always um, follow God's standard. To apply God's standard most of the time. Apply God's standard yes. most of the time. So tell us how you have applied God's standard today or yesterday. Um, uh, applying God's standards, basically, I'm going to speak generally. It's when, when I'm taking. No, no, any... not general, please. How you applied it today or yesterday? Okay, how I applied recently. it recently. Recently. Okay. Since you heard it. There, there was a decision I was supposed to take, and it, it wasn't in the Lord, if you remember the last Ephesians. Yeah. Yeah, so since it wasn't in the Lord, mm -hmm. I had to back off. So that's it. Thank you. And did that hurt? Uh, yes, but it was worth it. Thank you very much. Let's, let's clap, let's clap. Number three. Okay, praise God. Uh, mine is um, um, the principle of knowing God yourself. Mm. Okay. Um, for me now, daily, uh, for this year, I've actually made up my mind to follow through, okay, with the, um, with the daily devotionals. And then apply the word as they come to my to my life, mm. right? And then um, I'm now as close to God as I want to be, mm. right? So um, for all the um, Bible um, passages that's been given to us, I read them daily. Mm. And for each, especially the Old Testament, I get a word 
from each of us that helps me to move on on daily basis. Mm. Thank you, thank you. So she's knowing God for herself. So one prophet cannot come and tell her, Bumi, I have seen concerning you no more. Hallelujah, praise God for that. And we, I mean, recently, most recent times, we've been taught that we have freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom, you know, and just a few weeks ago, we had the Arise Weekend, you know, and people had, were giving a helping hand. Arise. And, you know, you, you can write them out if you, if you don't know any of these things. Arise. We, we, we've been told, I mean, one of them that, that stands out for me the most is when Pastor said during the, um, the Freedom Series that it is for the furtherance of the reputation of God for the fame of his character. I'd begun to apply that in my own life because I was one of those people that felt like, you know what, now I've come to God, will God perform? People are watching to see if I'll fail. Are, they, are you going to put me to shame? You know, so I thought I was in it alone and I heard Pastor share his testimony and say, you know what, once upon a time I was right there and I said, okay, thank God, I'm free. I'm free because I, I, I feel like, God, you know, don't, don't embarrass yourself because I have, I've, told, I've made my boast in you. I've told people that, especially amongst my, my peers, if you, the kind of background I come from, I told people that, you know what, this God will sort me out, don't worry. And I said, boy, you will you, know where to go. I said, don't worry. So, honestly, there are times I struggle and say, oh, wow, you know, the life I used to live, the kind of things I used to do, I can't do them no more, you know. I could spin things around and just, you know, move one or two things around and I, I get by. I can't do those things anymore. And I'm saying, God, will you really come through? Would you really, really come through? And then I heard that word. So for anything I want to do right now, I put it on there. I say, God, <laughs> for the reputation of your name, for the furtherance of your reputation, for the fame of your character, you better come through. You better come through. Because people, they won't laugh at me. Who am I? Hallelujah. And over the weekend, you know, the POC services, I, I, the services, I learned something that I've been, you know, been, been shaking my head. That we ought not to just be um, Igbago. Correct me. Correct me, right? Igbago, right? Igbago. Uh-huh. We ought not to be just believers, as Yoruba people call it, Igbago, but we ought to be Igbokonle. Is that what it's called? Igbokonle, performers. Performers. Not just believers, because most times we are believers. Honestly, before that service, I went back, you know, you need to check the word. I asked myself, am I really Igbokonle or am I Igbago? And I realized that honestly, I think I'm more than Igbago. I believe God to death, whatever he says. But am I really converting? Am I really a performer? Do I go somewhere and I see a funeral and I say, bring the body down. Let me raise this guy from the dead. But honestly, that's what the disciples were doing. They followed their master's footsteps. They were applying the word on everything. They were applying it. And that's what we are called to do. And in Matthew 16, the MSD version tells us, the last verse there, tell me please. The last verse in the slide. It says that, and the disciples went everywhere, preaching the masters, and the master walking with them, validating the message with indisputable evidences. With, with indisputable evidence. Everywhere they went. So the fact is that there's no shortage 
of what God really wants to do. The challenge is our application, and that's where capacity comes in. The challenge is our application. Because the Bible says that God said to you and I, go and make disciples of all men. Go and preach the gospel. This is what you should do. Lay hands on the sick, they will get well. Right? It says, carry poison, shack it. Nothing will happen, right? I'm not saying when you give your ground, shack acid. Right? But it says so. If you drink poison, if you pick up serpents, nothing will happen to you. When you cast out demons, they will flee. But why are we afraid of demons? Why are we afraid of demons? That means something is wrong with the application. We're using it wrong or it's not working. But the fact is that I don't think or in fact God does not not work. God always works. So there's something wrong with the application. There's something wrong with the application. And for our study, we're looking at Genesis 24, verse 17 to 22 in the Living Bible. And I'll read. It says, this is the story, the background of this story is Eleazar, the, um, the, the principal servant or the administrator of Abraham's house was given an assignment, go get a wife for my son. And Eliezer says, you know what, God, this is the criteria or this is the characteristics of the woman I want to be Abraham's wife. When she comes, she needs to do A, B, C, D. Please, Lord, hear my prayer. And as soon as he finishes, before he finishes praying, this is what happens. The lady shows up with a keg or a small jug to come fetch water. And he says, Eliza, running over to her, he asked her for a drink. Certainly, sir, she said, and quickly lowered the jug for him to drink. Then she said, I will draw water for your camels too until they have enough. So she emptied the jug into the watering trough and ran to the... And ran back to the well. And ran back to the spring again and kept carrying water to the camels until they had enough. She kept going back to get water for the camels until the camels had more than enough to drink. And the servant said, no more. All he did was just watch her carefully to see if she would finish the job so that he would know whether she was the one. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he produced a quarter ounce gold earring and two five ounce gold brackets for her. Then he asked the question, I beg who born you? Whose daughter are you? Whose daughter are you? I really want to know. Who brought you up? What principles have you been taught that made you apply everything that I prayed to God? That's in everything. Who gave birth to you? And when I read that scripture, right, I've glazed through that scripture many times, but it made a different meaning to me. When I read the scripture again, based on the calculation I did in my mind, I said, this is an omodo. This is just like slavery. Because this girl comes to fetch water, you know, there's a slide on that, there's a, a diagram on that slide. She comes to fetch water with something as small as that. And then she sees this man that says he wants water. Not only does she get water for him, she fetches water. The Bible tells us that Abraham gave Eliezer 10 camels to go on it. And one camel can drink 30 gallons of water. That is 135 liters of water. 
to the mat. That's 300 gallons of water from that small, please put that, that diagram up, from that small jug or 1,350 liters of water. And she kept on going back, going back, until every one of these camels had drunk to their full. The question is, what quality was Eliza looking for in a city candidate for Abraham's son that we are teaching our children today? What quality was he looking for? Did he find it? Did he find it? Maybe we should have one person answer. I was going to answer. What quality was Eliza looking for? Or what qualities was he looking for in um, Isaac's bride-to-be? Did he find it in Rebecca? Okay. What quality was he looking for? Did he find it in Rebecca? There are a lot of qualities Rebecca exhibited there from the scripture. Which one was he looking for? Or which ones was he looking for? Did he find them? I think um, he was looking for a wife that, that is caring and um, maybe can stand um, the test of perseverance um, and um, um, some, some level of respect too. Mm. Um, and then he, he found um, Rebecca, he found it in her. Mm. He found all those men. Thank you. And he found much more. The fact is that Isaac, um, Eliezer found much more. He found compassion. It would take compassion for a, a, a lady to see a total stranger, water, uh, water the man, and then, and then water ten smelly camels. It would take patience for her to go back to fetch over and over. And if you read the scripture, the Bible says that she emptied the jug into the water and ran down ran down, and she should be hurriedly going, get it, pour it, get it, pour it. He found humility. He found humility. The question to you and I is that what are we teaching our children today? Most times we tell them, don't talk to strangers. As a matter of fact, some of us here, we're even told to, as when you're growing up, don't talk to strangers, depends on what year you were born. Don't talk to strangers. Of course, we know the world we live in is kind of different from the world they used to live in. You know, there's a uh, bummer, bummer. You know, if you add my name, remove the zero. You know, there's bummer, bummer. Right? So they say, don't go near so the kidnapper doesn't take your child. But the fact is that what does Jesus say? Jesus said, that which you do to the least of my brother, that you do unto me. Isn't it? Isn't it? When, you, when I was hungry, you fed me. And those guys were asking, when did I see you hungry? When I was without clothing, you gave me something to wear. You kept me warm. When did I see you warm? So what we are teaching our children, is it in direct application to the word of God or is it our own protective strategy? The question maybe we want to wrestle with. Let's be honest. Are we teaching our children to be fearful or are we teaching them to be discerning? The Bible also tells us, that in entertaining strangers, some people will entertain what? Entertain what? Angels. Are they discerning or are they fearful? Don't do that. Barrier. Don't do that. We're putting barriers. Don't do that. I'm saying freedom. Don't, don't, don't. And the first thing any child, an average black child knows is what? Stop it. Stop it because that's what our parents do. Stop it. Stop. 
stop, don't run, don't stop. That child may be born to be a sprinter. But we use our mouth and put a barrier. Stop, 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 stop. Now, I'm not saying throw caution to the wind. But there has to be a balance there. And God will help us in Jesus' name. So it's one thing to hear God's instruction. It's another thing to act on them. And we are told that we, when we serve, we should serve as unto the Lord, which is what um, Rebecca was doing, serving as unto the Lord, the total stranger. I don't know this guy, but I'm going to sort him out and sort his camels out. And in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, we're going real quickly. And I said, work hard. Everybody say, work hard. And cheerfully too, at all you do, at all you do, just as though you were working for the Lord, not merely for your masters. Remember that it is the Lord Christ who is going to pay you. Who is going to pay you? Good. Giving you full portion of all he owns is the one you are really working for. So Rebecca was working for her destiny. Rebecca is called in the Hall of Fame as well. She's Isaac's bride. And Isaac is the son of covenant. So she was working for the covenant. She was tying herself into greatness. Unknowingly, I want to assume that Rebecca's father would have said, or mother would say, Rebecca's daughter, when you see people, be nice to them. Love them. Welcome strangers. I don't know. But it, it, it would be strange for them to have put so much fear in her, not to entertain strangers, and she still does these things. Or I might be wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong. So bottom line, she had good values, and she applied them. And she became the, the, the daughter of wealth because Isaac was loaded. So some of us, they are looking for husbands, you know. They are looking for a loaded man. The point is that, are you marriable? Are you marriable? A man looking for a wife, are you, are you, are you husbandable, so to speak? Are you? Praise the Lord. And the story is told of a woman who went to a church, you know, not here, in the U.S., and she came down with a crying baby, baby really wailing. And as she got there, one of the volunteers in, in, in the children's church, like the syrup, just says, you know what, give me the baby, go into church. You know, and the woman dropped the baby with a sign of relief in her face, and she went into service. At the end of that service, altar call was made, she gave her life to Christ. What do you think will happen to that volunteer? When God is crediting accounts, the pastor that taught the powerful message is crediting accounts, the man that opened the door for her credit account, that lady that took the baby, that made, because that, that woman's body at that time was that child. Probably she was a, a single mom. Maybe the child had been crying all day. She probably didn't have any money. She was broke. She was probably about to pull her hair. And that woman just takes away her body, applying the word of love. I don't know this woman from anywhere. She probably had a nasty character because, you know, when a woman is flustered about their children, because I've seen women flustered with their children, the last thing she wants to do is show you love. The last thing she wants to do is show you love. But she gave her life to Christ. Because why? Someone decided, you know what? I'll take the burden of this woman application. Praise the Lord. So what and how, what are children watching us do? that they can apply to their future. When they see us deal with domestic staff, when they see us deal with people that don't really have anything to offer us in return, what are they watching that they will need to apply when they get older? So asking a lot of questions, there is a lot of margin here. You can 
write them down. The questions you want to, to wrestle with. The people around you, when they see you deal with people that don't really have anything to offer, what are they watching? What can they say? You know what? I like that. I will take it. Because guess what? They will learn. They will take something from you. Is it positive or is it negative? And the word of the Lord tells us in, Job, in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, that trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So we know that you say, you know, applying the word of God can be difficult. It, it, applying the principles we are, we, are, we are being taught here can be a bit challenging. But the, the question is, the, the, the answer to that is that I don't think the, the principles are challenging. Is it, is it that we're using it wrong? Perhaps we're using the principles wrong. Perhaps the reason why the principles are not working is because we're not applying them as we should apply them. Maybe that's a good question to ask. Maybe that's a, a starting point. Why is it not working for me? How come this person is testifying and I'm not testifying? Is it that the person is coming to pretend, maybe pastor, they're manufacturing testimony? But the fact is that things are happening around you. That's the fact. Whether you like it or not, a word is taught, the word goes forth, somebody receives it. But you are not testifying. Why? Why aren't you testifying? Why aren't you testifying? When it's not working, when you don't see the desired result, what do you do? We just answer that question. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own insight. In all things, acknowledge Him. And the, the, the Living Bible version says that, you know, put God in that situation. If you put Him in the situation, whatever the situation is, I don't know what your situation is, put God in that situation. You persist. How, this, how you put God is that you persist. You wait on God in that situation and trust Him with all your heart, not relying on your own understanding. There's a story in Luke 1, you know, read from verse 5 to 11. I think we'll skip a lot of scriptures. You can write it down for collaborative Bible study. That's another thing we've been taught that we ought to apply. Are you applying collaborative Bible study? Or do you just take the scriptures, go home, toss the tribe outline in one corner, forget it until next week? There again, I'm speaking to somebody. <laughs> in this scripture, we read about Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias. One thing that's very profound about their life there is from verse 6. It says that they were good and just people in God's sight, walking with integrity in the Lord's ways and his laws. They had, but, but yet they had this sadness. So they've been applying this, this principle. Not, in this case, they were not applying it wrong, but something was still amiss for years. And the Bible says that they were past their child-bearing years until the day the angel appeared, appeared to Zechariah and gave him a message. But you might wonder, okay, they were applying it right. How come they still were not getting the results? The Bible says concerning these guys that they were walking blameless and they were righteous. They were still walking in integrity. What about us? How long does God need to test us 
before we change our mind about persisting in integrity, before we change our mind about wanting pastor told us, staying down. When God makes you to lie down in the green pastures, that's the word you should apply as well. How long do we stay there before we begin to fret and make a lot of fuss? So you might be saying to me that, you know what, in all honesty, I, I can't do that. It's tough. Zacharias and, and Elizabeth were living in easy times. So right now, with the world we live now, with dollar increase, the way Nigeria is, everything's expensive, it's tougher for me not to take that bribe. It's tougher for me not to cut corners. That may be your response. But I tell you, the Bible says they were past their childbearing years, but yet they walked blameless. Yet, they walked in integrity. So, it begs the question, why is application very difficult for us in modern times, so to speak? I like Rick Warren's response to that. Three very, three, three very um, straight-to-the-point answers, why he thinks applying any principle or the Word of God is difficult in times like this. He says, number one, because application... You can fill in the blanks. Requires serious thought. A- application requires you to think, to put your head to work. And the process of re- receiving a word and engaging that word prayerfully is actually serious work. It's not child's play. It requires a good chunk of time. And guess what? Many of us are not willing to sacrifice that time. Because not everything you hear when the principle is taught at first, will sink in. But when you go back and you think about what is taught and you crunch on it, guess what? It will begin to sink in. That's what requiring is saying here. It, it requires serious thought. And like I would say to people around me, like I say to my wife every time, I say, think about what you are thinking about. Let your thought be broad. Just think about what you are thinking about. Then think about what you are thinking about, you are thinking about. Just think about everything. Think about it then you realize that sometimes you don't, you're entertaining really nasty thoughts. Then guess what? You take the word of the Lord, whatever things that are noble, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are praiseworthy, if they are excellent, I will do what? Apply them to my life. Hallelujah. Number two, why applying God's work, God is hard work. Satan fights application. Satan is viciously at war. With any kind of application. You know why? Because Satan knows that the word that you do not read and study and meditate upon has no effect on you. So it's comfortable when you are docile, a couch potato. But the moment you want to pick up that word and begin to apply, guess what? Battle starts. The battle starts. And guess what it will do? It will fight you to and nail with your weaknesses. It will go for your weaknesses because it cannot come to your strength. With your strength, you will cross Satan. You go for the things that are your weaknesses. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's lies. The moment you want to step up, fight. Number three. Before we go to number three, there's a slide there. It says that by an author called Mallory Blackman. She's the one that wrote, Boys Don't Cry. She says, Opportunity knocks once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. <laughs> Until you give in. <laughs> take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yes, 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 yes. You know? Now, 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 now. 
Or is it only me that gets tempted like that? Okay, it's me. When Satan wants to tempt me, when he's on my case, now, 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 go, 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 go. And the moment you do it, guess what? <laughs> Sinner. Hallelujah. Number three, Requiem says, we naturally resist change. It's in human nature. We prefer our comfort zone. We prefer our, our, our sport, our privacy. This is how I like, this is how we do it. You know me, this is how I do it. You heard that before? This is how we do it. You know, but guess what? God's purpose for us was actually change, hence he gave Jesus Christ. To change, like my brother said, was once darkness, not that you were once living in darkness. God gave Jesus so that you will be changed from darkness into light. So, amazingly, we are all too happy, you know, to, to apply scriptures to everyone else and say, those people need to change. You know, when you're hearing a, a, a sermon, your, your mind is going to somebody. Say, that guy needs to hear this sermon. You know, the story is told of an old, you know, gray-haired woman that, you know, an old member of a church. After the, the teaching of that day, you know, the weekend service, she went to the pastor's office and says, ah, this, this, this teaching today was wonderful, you know. Excellent teaching, Pastor. Pastor said, oh, glory to God. So you know why? Because I know a lot of people that need to hear that sermon. <laughs> but the pastor is saying, what about you? It's actually talking to you. But you are thinking about the people that are not there, that ought to hear that sermon and change. What about you? I know someone it applies to. Well, we're masters at applying the scripture or the, the teaching to someone else. What about us? So, and, and, and the key to, to spiritual growth is not to apply God's truth to other people. The, the key to spiritual growth is to apply God's principle personally and specifically to ourselves. Not to apply it on other people. Don't always think about, you know, that person that needs to hear this message. What about you? God is talking to you and I. That's how you grow. As a matter of fact, that's how I've grown in my sh short years in God's Word House. Because I came in here raunchy, broken, empty. But I came to meet Jesus. And he's meeting me where I am. So are you selective when it comes to application? Are there aspects of the Word of God that you prefer to hear? An aspect that, you know what, I'd rather be lukewarm about these aspects. Are you one of those kind of people? I'll give another um, scripture for collaborative study, Numbers 5, 11 to 24. I mean, that, that scripture is a very graphic scripture about a man that suspects his wife of adultery. What he should do? Take her to the priest. They will mix a concussion. You know, wash the scroll. <laughs> Study concussion and give the woman to drink. It reminds me of all those Nigerian uh, Igbo home video. You know, when they said the woman killed her husband, they just wash, so she should drink it. And the Bible says that if the woman did not commit adultery, nothing will happen to her. But guess what? I can imagine the trauma the woman has gone through drinking that concussion. Why? Because the husband, out of jealousy, suspected the woman of committing adultery. 
And when I read that scripture, my mind, I began to think, I said, who, who, who did this apply to in the Bible that I know? Guess who? Joseph. The Bible tells us in Matthew 1, verse 19, that then Joseph, a fiancé, being a man of stern principle, stern principle there is the underlining word. That means jo- Joseph was a just man. He probably was someone that knew the, the, the scrolls by the back of his hand and he knew what should happen to a woman that is suspected of adultery. Because Mary, how can you come and tell me that someone, the Holy Spirit just gave you belly? Come on, Mary. Am I a fool? Because the time this thing was written, the, the angel of the Lord had not yet appeared to Joseph. So he decided to break. In fact, he said, okay, that is too harsh. I love this lady. Let me just leave her and run away. He decided to break the engagement, but to do it quietly, as he didn't want to publicly disgrace her as the Bible tells us in Numbers 5, 11 to 24. So my, my, the question I began to ask myself is that, what was Joseph taught? Perhaps Joseph's mother had told him that, you know what? Respect and honor your wife. Submit to her. I don't know. Because the Bible doesn't tell us everything in full. Perhaps, but what will make a man that is sternly principled not take a woman before the, 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 the religious rulers and have them do what the Bible, the laws prescribe, the scrolls prescribe in Numbers 5, 11 to 24? Hallelujah. Everybody say application. Now we're going to look at the application best practices. Number one. Take notes for reference. This is what I was going to say, I've talked about earlier. You are here. There's no reason why you shouldn't be writing. Because you know why? Most of the things you hear, in 72 hours, you would have forgotten them. Regardless of how retentive your memories, you cannot remember all. But when you write them down, you can go back and refer to them. You can go back and re-engage them. So what principle is being taught? Note it down. Not everything, like I repeat again, not everything may stick at once, but with constant interaction, excuse me, many things will begin to wake up from that principle. You begin to get more and more and more to strike a chord, like chords that you missed in the first time. Take notes for reference. Number two, hide the principle in your heart. Hide it in your heart. Hiding your heart means to protect it, to keep it alive. The same way you would hide a woman's affection or a man's affection in your heart. Hide it there. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119 verse 11. Can you put up that scripture please, quickly? Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden the principles that have been taught in my heart. I'm using them. And guess what? That word hid there or hidden is the same word that was used in Job 32 to where it says that I've esteemed your word. Esteemed your word more than my necessary food. So what was saying is that I've esteemed your word in my heart. I've, it's, it's precious to me more than the, the grub that I need to survive. There, the principles that we learn become better than the food that we eat. That's what the Bible is saying there. A practical application of, of hiding God's word would be to, to study your notes like, like your life depends on it, to memorize what you are reading. You know, pastor teaches something, you take it home, you chew on it, you crunch it until you get your own revelation. Remember it says that you do not let go 
you do not let go of the of the of the lesser until the revelation of the greater comes you don't let go you hold on to it you crunch on it hallelujah number three allow the principle take deep roots in your heart allow the principle or the word take deep roots in your heart Matthew 13 5 to 6 says that other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil but when the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no roots they what withered away because they had what no roots and in verse 20 21 it says that Jesus began to explain what that parable meant to the disciples he told them that the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy hallelujah they say rejoice all of us rejoice freedom we rejoice with freedom but we get home we receive it with joy but no application it says such a person has what no root no root but he endures only for a while for a short time and guess what happens when trouble or persecution comes on account of the world because guess why trouble and persecution will always come on account of the principle that you learn like we said satan is more comfortable when you don't apply it the moment you want to trouble must come it's come on account of that word but when trouble comes what happens the person immediately falls away sadly so without a proper foundation we cannot build sustainable structures no you can't without a proper foundation you can't build anything tangible Without deep roots, no tree can stand and bear fruits. None. You cannot bear sustainable deep fruits without, without, without the deep roots. So you cannot be the practical Christian if you not apply the principles that you are learning. You can't be a practical Christian. It won't work for you. If you come on Sunday or you come on Wednesday, you're here for a few minutes, you go back home, don't do anything. It won't work. I put it to you, it won't work. It never worked for me that way. Everybody say apply. Number four, be specific and deliberate about the areas that need helping. Be specific and deliberate about the areas that need helping. Example, you came to church, you were told that for us to be a uh, for, for God to be your shepherd, you must be a sheep. And you think about it, how, how, how does that apply to me? Okay, I'm struggling with anger. For God to be my shepherd, I must be a sheep. And you make a decision, you know what? Henceforth, God, I will be angry less. So I won't be as angry as I used to be. No, that's not being specific. Narrow it down a little bit. You say, okay, you know what? Okay, I, I said to you, God, that henceforth when someone ticks me off i will not get angry as i used to that's not enough make it clear specify it then you can say next time my wife upsets me or annoys me i will take 20 seconds count 20 seconds in my head and allow her to continue to annoy me by the time 20 seconds pass, I say a nice word to her, like, God bless you. I learned this in the men's fellowship. If you don't, if you've not been coming, maybe you should come. 
Or you're saying, you know what, okay, before I say God bless you, she comes again, blah, 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 blah. Take another 20 seconds in your head. Slowly. By the time you finish 20 seconds, this time, you know what you do? Say a prayer for her. Opposite of everything that you're saying to her in your mind. Because all that while when she's berating you, you're saying some things in your mind, but you're not verbalizing them. Say a prayer opposite of that thing. Say, you know what, God bless my wife. Just be saying in your mind. She's a great woman. She's loving. She's kind. Guess what happens? That's practical to me. You're asking me if I put it to work. <laughs> it will work. Because what you do 20 seconds, 20 seconds, a line at 20 seconds, you find out that, you know what, she's tired of talking. She has gone away. <laughs> she's gone away. She said, this man just quiet. Why are you quiet? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and it could be the other way around. You know, there are some, some men as well that, you know, that go that way. So you're saying, come on, that's not practical. You know what I'm saying to you? Come on, you're not ready. Because if you're ready, you need to look for deliberate, strategic ways to make this thing work. So everybody say, be deliberate. Be deliberate. Be deliberate. So everyone will be great, or everyone that will be great will have to pick up a healthy habit. Your greatness is tied to a healthy habit. Pick up a healthy habit. Practice them in silence. And guess what? Apply them publicly. Like I just said, 20 minutes or 20 seconds, not 20 minutes. When she's talking or whoever is talking, your boss, your intolerable boss, your cruel boss, whatever you call him, is berating you. 20 seconds. After 20 seconds, attempt to talk. It continues. God bless you. It continues. Say a prayer opposite. Because guess what? I know that while you are quiet, there are many words that are in your head for that man or that woman. Many words. And they are not kind words. Pray the opposite of those words. And God will help us in Jesus' name. So for us to effectively apply the principle we are being taught, certain things must precede application. And we just touched on a few, like memorizing, meditating. If you've done the journey here, you will know what I'm talking about. If you've not done the journey, it's a good time for you to, to register because it's totally loaded. We, we've been taught those things already. You know, so we can easily go through them. You, you, you hear the word of God, you read the word of God, you what? Study the word of God. Come on. You what? Memorize the word of God and then you do what? Meditate. It follows that order. Hear, read, study, memorize, meditate. Before application, which we are talking about, can even begin. You have to have gone through that process. So, I, I saw some very thought-provoking questions on, on the website. Um, uh, gotquestions.org and I've tweaked them, you know, to, to aid the perspective of this, this subject and we'll talk about them, run through them real quickly. Number one, number one, what does this principle, this principle we are talking about, the principles pastor has taught us in season freedom, arise, you know, and victory, you know, walking on water, you know, from death to life, the victory principles, the, the principles of, of attack, you know, of surprise, the, the principles of, 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 of concerted efforts and all that. What does this principle teach me about God? What does this principle teach me about God? The question is on God's purpose. What is God's purpose concerning me? What's that principle teaching me about God? 
Think about it. Meditate on it. Search the word and memorize scriptures concerning it. To, to, to buttress what you have been taught on the pulpit. And guess what? Apply it. If it tells you the Lord is your shepherd, literally see yourself as a sheep that is dumb and vulnerable. And look to the shepherd and watch him lead you. Hallelujah. Number two. What does this principle teach me about my church family, God's favorite house? What does this principle teach you about the church where you are planted? That's a question about the mentality, the, the direction, the, the vision of the church. It's always embedded in what we teach here, if you listen carefully. Because you know why? God is moving us together in one direction as a people. What does this principle teach you about the church? If you are in a church, maybe you're visiting, and the principles that have been taught does not resonate the vision of the church, it, is, it begs for question. That's being evasive. Yeah, we always talk about our vision. We say gospel is a safe place. It's part of our vision. We're filled with the life of Christ Jesus. We're excited. We love people. We, we talk about our values with every opportunity. What do these principles that you're being taught, what do they teach you about God's favorite house? Number three, what does this principle teach me about the world that I live in, the world? What does it teach you about the world and how the world operates? What does this principle teach you about the world and how it operates? What does it teach you? You must ask that question. Pastor has taught us about arise. What does it teach you about the world? How do I arise in the world? Question number four. What does the principle teach me about myself? Do you know who you are? Do you really, really, really know who you are? Because if you did, you will not be behaving like you are not. You won't behave like, how do you remember? Omar Ali, are no, behave as the son of your father. And that's the question on self-discovery. Who are you? Know who you are. Question number five. Does this principle require that I take action? Am I supposed to do anything? Or am I supposed to do nothing about it? If it does require that you take action, what specific action are you to take? I share a testimony. So one of the pastors here shared a testimony with me that was blind, mind-blowing. She says, they say, we have gotten helping hand. Pastor held her hand. Arise. Ah. She said, what is this arise? What is this arise? What is this arise? And she went back to work. And so you know what? I want to meet the vice president of that country. Guess what? She has met the vice president of that country. <laughs> and when she told me, she said, I said, what? But both of us heard this thing, though. She heard something different. I heard something different. So, me, I'm looking for my own vice president, in quotes. What I mean that there are certain things that I need to engage that are bigger than me. Because you know what? They said the barriers have been broken, right? That we have received a helping hand. So, how are you applying that principle? What is your, your proverbial vice president? What is your proverbial thing that is beyond your normal reach? That is what she did. She have arise. Let's go. She said to herself, only two things can I come out of this. A yes or a no. But guess what came out? A yes. 
to the glory of God. So all around us, things are happening. Some of us are applying. We are seeing results. Some of us are just sitting down. Guess what? Like Pastor will say, we all go to heaven. But some of us here would have enjoyed ourselves thoroughly before getting to heaven. That's the fact. God has blessed us with everything for our enjoyment, is what the Bible says. Not for, uh, you know, for reverie. For your enjoyment. Question number six. What conviction have I gotten as a result of this teaching? Has the Holy Spirit broken my heart? Has He gnawed at my spirit? Not talking about that person, but talking about me. What, is, there, is there something that I need to confess? Is there something I need to repent of? Question number seven. How am I going to apply this principle practically? The beautiful thing about gospel house is that we are taught things practically. We don't, they don't teach us, you know, just read the Bible and everybody go. No. It is, it is narrowed down. It is chopped so that even a child can understand. We hear the testimony of a child saying that the, the, all I had to do was see pastor do his teaching and when it was his time to do his presentation, he was on fire because he was watching as a child. How do you apply the principles practically for God's name to be glorified? Remember, Kobam Tasukwa said something, a pastor has been echoing it, that if it's not, if it does not glorify God, it's what? It's useless. Regardless of what you have, if it's not glorifying God, you have all the money in the world, it's not glorifying God, it's useless. You are, you, are, you are known by all the people in the world as a great guy, quote-unquote. It's not glorifying God. It's useless. So, putting application into perspective, what do I do? Being that we're in a season of freedom, I will use freedom as a practical example, a practical application of what I will do. So let's keep it centered around freedom. Number one, what do I do? Apply your freedom. Apply what you've been taught. Go back three, four, five Sundays since the beginning of the year. Take your notes out if you've been taking notes. Get the messages, listen to them again. Challenge yourself to begin to apply the things that are there. Apply them. Apply your freedom. You can call the area where you're struggling with addiction. You can call it mood swings. Maybe for you it is weaknesses. Whatever it is, take that freedom and apply to it. And then live free. Tell yourself that because we've been told prophetically that, you see, they say the prophetic, the, the word of God tells us that the prophetic is for us to wage war. So the prophetic has been released. Take that word and wage war with it. Apply it to your own situation. And live free. Hallelujah. Apply it. If it's an addiction, say, you know what, I'm, now that I'm free, I'm not going to do this thing that I feel addicted to do. For now, give yourself that, say for now. Then watch one day pass. Two day pass because remember, we talked about things you are doing. You are you're hearing the word, 
you're filling those spaces. You are, you are meditating on the word. You are filling those spaces. You are filling the blanks. You are, you are memorizing the word. You are, you are engaging it. Then apply it. Apply it. It works. It worked for me. I struggled with substance abuse for 14 years. I smoked Indian hair for 14 years. So you can't tell me any different. Jesus changed all that. 14 old years. 14 years. 14 years. I tried. I'll tell myself, I've stopped. Six months back. Sometimes three months. So when I see people tell me that, you know what, eh, addiction, I know I say to them, and I see many, I say, you are not ready. When you are ready, God knows you are ready. He knows. God, God, God is not, God is not, cannot be mocked. This child is ready. I'll deliver him. Everyone that went to Jesus, Jesus will ask them, what do you want me to do? And then anyone says to them, your faith has made you. So I said, God, I don't smoke Igbo tire. Help me. I'm not joking. Help me. I stand here. Doesn't even cross my mind. Doesn't even cross my mind. But I was, I, I mean, it was so bad, I cannot function without it. I write intelligent letters on Indian hemp. Number two, bask in the reality of your greatness. Let it be flesh unto you. Now I'm free. Let it be flesh unto you. The Bible tells us in John 1 verse 14 that, and the word became flesh and lived amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of what? Grace and truth. So for us to bask in the freedom or the reality of our freedom, for, for us to see the glory of the Lord, it, it follows a process. The process is that what? First of all, let the Son of the Father become flesh. The Word of God, let it first become flesh unto you. Then you move from Him become flesh unto you to the fact that you are seeing His glory. His glory begins to flow. And then you can experience the fullness of grace and truth it is like a a process first accept jesus as reality then you will see his glory then you will enjoy grace and the truth of god and pastor has taught us that truth is always greater than fact so what is the fact of your situation i don't have money in my pocket but what is the truth of the lord concerning that situation thank you so, the problem with that is that many Christians literally live their life like the word of God is just a word. The word of God that says became flesh. Jesus, creator of heaven and earth that became flesh. You live your life like that word of God is just some page of a book. You just read Jesus and you drop it. But guess what? Somebody else will take Jesus, will, will choose Jesus. We'll apply Jesus and we'll see results. Number three. Number one was what? Apply your freedom. Number two, bask in the greatness. The reality of your freedom. And number three, never take your freedom for granted. Psalm 34 verse 19 says that many evils confront the consistently righteous but what 
The Lord delivers him out of some of them, out of a few of them, out of what? All of them. Don't take the fact that you are free for granted. It is God that is delivering you. Four days ago, for the first time, and this is total honesty, it's not like I don't thank God that I'm alive. I began to feel pangs. Like, wow. Some people really wake up and they cannot move. They wake up, they stick to their legs, their legs cannot move. Their limbs cannot move, their vertebra cannot carry them straight. Four days ago, and I and my wife knelt down, we prayed about it. And I thought about your testimony, man. That you, you, you cannot move. You, you say, leg, move. It does not move. Hand, get water. It cannot move. It is some people's reality. That you're able to come to church. Some people cannot, they don't even know how to find God. True story. Once upon a time, one of my wife's colleagues, in, uh, when she was doing a, a, a master's outside of the country, her God was in her bag, her hand. The day she forgot her, bag, her God in her room, she literally went berserk and almost missed her exam because she had to get down from the bus on their way to school and run back home to go and get her God and almost miss her exam. Do you know what that is? That is total darkness. But you can call upon the name of the Lord God. You can come into his presence and say, Dear Lord, and he answers you. Someone's God in their purse. So the day they steal that purse, you have stolen my God. Someone's reality. Do not take your freedom for granted. Never take your freedom for granted. You know, and someone said that if the grass looks greener on the other side, it's, it's probably astroturf. Nicky Gumbel. <laughs> And the green on the other side is probably Astro Top. The one you have right now, love him. Like Pastor was saying, why do I need to, to lead, read the Apocrypha? I've been tempted to read that book many times, those books rather. When I'm not finished reading, you know, there's still lots of secrets. Where, you know, I would never have thought about, about the exposition Pastor gave us, about the substitution of the woman with the issue of blood. I would never have thought about it. And there are many of those truths embedded in the scripture. Some people are looking for apocrypha. <laughs> May God help us in Jesus' name. And a, and, and a, and a preacher, you know, that, that preaches to the Pope, his name is called Ranerio Catalamessa. He's an Italian. He says that the battle is against a triple alliance. The world, the enemy around, the world that's the enemy around us, the flesh, the enemy within us, and the devil, the enemy that's above us. So the world is what? The, let's say together, the world, that's the enemy around us. The flesh, that is the enemy. And the devil, that's the enemy above us. We can't go into that, but I hope you know that the devil, they have their regions above there. I hope you know. It's in the scriptures. Well, that's not, not for this teaching. So by implication, what... Um, um, Ranerio was saying that is that we are, if we are able to overcome the, the, the world, if we are able to, to overcome the flesh, if we are able to, to defeat the devil, guess what? We are as good as free. And the only way we can do those things is by application of the principles that we are being taught here. It's as simple as that. 
you will become what? An Agbokon. Say it again, please. Agbokonle. Igbokonle, sorry. Right? Igbokonle. Igbokonle. A performer. As funny you could laugh at me. One day, you hear me chew your fluidy. Watch. <laughs> fluidy. After all, am I not doing, am I doing badly? Compared to where I started from? Not. You know? It's only God. You know? So, you, 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 we need to be performers in doing those things. So my question, and, and we end to, to you and I, is that what principles have you been taught, you know, about defeating the enemies already in God's warehouse since you came? Have you applied them? And we've been taught lots and lots and lots of principles. Or have you been, uh, uh, or are you saying that I am new in God's warehouse? I'm just only a month old. I'm saying since a month ago, we've been taught some loaded principles as well. Perhaps you came in later and said, you know what, I just joined, I'm just coming in today. I'm saying, welcome. In the next couple of weeks, you'll be taught more. Because we've been taught that here, there's always more in God. Always more in God. So, the point is that regardless of how much you are taught or given, one thing that you will need to do is to apply it. To apply it. Apply it. And you know, I watch pastor, keenly, avidly, you know, like sponging, you know, and I've been saying lately to anyone that cares to, to listen that, you know, pastor is teaching on common truth. There's just something about the teaching recently that, you know, if you want to be smart, where did they go? You know, where you, you know, of course we know. You know, it seems to have evolved in a way that I, I can't put my fingers to it. This is my... My 10 cents on the issue. It seems to have evolved in, in, in such an, an, an amazing way. Or am I the only one that's thinking this way? Huh? Just me? Oh, okay, so all of us. So, and, and I was thinking to myself that it's totally different from, from the pastor that I met, you know, almost seven years ago. It's like, like, um, it's like fine wine being sweetened day after day. Honestly, that's my take on it. But you know what I did? I didn't stop there. I said, okay, let me ask myself a question. I said, so what is it that may be the secret? And I realized one thing. What is teaching us is just defined by one word, application. Pastor is applying the things that he knows and is working for him and he's coming to teach us how to apply them as well. So the things God downloads to him before he teaches it, he first applies. When he walks, he will come and say, hmm, you go only. Bah! <laughs> you know? Where is the God of Elijah? Bah! <laughs> you know? So, for you and I, that's just it. Application. Then lies the secret. So, uh, if I were you, just watch. Keep watching. After he says, Elijah, Elisha, if you see me, right? If you what? See me taking off. So I've decided I will watch. <laughs> yes, so I will watch. And God will help us as we watch in Jesus' name. So let's bow down our heads as we, we bow down our hearts. You know, you, you've heard tonight one word we used over and over again apply, application, apply, application, apply, application. You know, apply, application. And you're here, and you're saying, you know what, where do I even begin to apply? The reason you're asking that question is because you don't even have a relationship with this God. 
So you can't even begin to apply its principles. A starting point is first to, to build a foundation. We said that without roots, no tree can, no fruit bearing tree can stand. Without roots, without a proper foundation, no structure in its magnificence can stand. And you want to have that relationship today. Why not put up your hand, raise it up to heaven, and we'll pray with you. That's as simple as that. You're here. You want to begin to apply to this relationship. Put up your hands to heaven. Or you used to have that relationship, and it's gone. You lost it somewhere, because why? The enemy attacked it. Satan attacked it viciously. Put up your hands to heaven, and we'll pray. Okay, Father, we thank you. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. Send a mail to Pastor, and he will respond to you. Father, we thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you so much, Almighty Father. Thank you, Lord, for the reward. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's put our hands together to the Lord. Okay, before we take the commit, um, which is actually a Bible uh, scripture, is there any question? Anyone wants to ask any question? Any questions? Okay, if there are no questions, I assume thoroughly understood or thoroughly misunderstood. <laughs> I pray thoroughly understood in Jesus' name. Yes, I clap to the Lord, clap unto the Lord. Amen. So commit there. You know, we shot our time with about nine minutes. I'm sorry about that. Um, Ephesians 3, 16. And I've tweaked it, personalized it. TMM can bring it up, please. We'll say it together and write it with our hands. We're going to say, Father, I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, I'll be empowered with inner strength through your Holy Spirit to apply all that I'm being taught in Jesus' name. So just, you can pray that prayer even as you write it. Just say to him that by the power of the Holy Spirit, by his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength, with inner strength to apply everything that you have been taught from this pulpit to the glory of his holy name. And so Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell it in the cause of a tassie and then it will go shut down.